0: Thanks, Wayne. Fab. Um, Steam's already said it, but it's New Year, New Year's resolutions and all. Um, it's a funny thing, New Year, isn't it? I think um, it's just a date change, but there is something, um, and it feels a bit artificial, um, but there is something about it kind of feeling like a fresh start that I kind of think we all kind of feel. You know, if it's been a bad year the last year, we're kind of, oh, 2023 is going to be better. That's the kind of rhetoric um, in the media, but it's also the kind of thing that we say ourselves. Um, we probably said it in 2020 and then laughed in 2021. We realized that wasn't going to happen. But there, there, I think there is that sense of maybe this year might be different. And I've been um, just spending a bit of time over the last sort of week just praying over the question of, God, what have you got for us as a church this next year? What, 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 what's significant for us? Um, what, what do you want us to focus on? What matters? What, what's the kind of, what are you calling us into? And I get, keep getting drawn back to this this concept of posture. I don't know how much you you think about posture, um, unless you're slightly strange or in the medical profession, probably not very much. Um, But posture affects a lot, doesn't it? Like, the posture that you adopt massively shapes the actions you can take in life and how how well you can do them as well. You know, if, if I was to pick up that heavy box and I was to just bend down like this, I'm gonna find it harder because my back isn't as strong as my legs if I kind of lift, like, by bending my legs. If we were to have a race right now, and i 'd say, right, first person out the door, I'm going to put some money down that I might win, because I'm stood up facing the door, and you're sat down facing the opposite direction. You know, you're in the middle of a row. By the time you kind of got yourself out and faffed around, I'm down the end of the aisle. See you later. Um, posture matters. But it's not just physical postures. We have postures towards people and things, don't we? Um, so... You might have that person at work who, who, who just, you know, they, they walk in the room and you've already rolled your eyes. Um, and, and they start speaking, oh, gosh, here we go again, another silly idea, inevitably going to come out. And um, we kind of tune out from them. We posture ourselves kind of in a way, you know, almost in indifference towards them, or, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe there's someone who we really respect, we really kind of think really highly of, and, and, and when they come in, we're kind of sitting up, we're attentive, we, we, we want to hear what they have to say because we think, you know, we, think, we think highly of them. We posture ourselves then in kind of a different way towards them. And the question that I've kept coming back to is well, what is the posture of apprenticeship to Jesus? What does that look like? What is a good posture? look like for an apprentice of Jesus? Because you can do something with a bad posture, and you can do it, but you're going to be inhibited in doing it. So what does a good posture in apprenticeship to Jesus look like? Because that's what we're about as a church. When you boil it down, when you kind of reduce it to to one thing, we're about apprenticing our lives to this person called Jesus like allow, inviting other people into that journey and, and, and allowing him to shape us and to transform us to be people who are more like him. And as we become people who are more like him, we do the kind of things that he does in the world. And we ever increasingly as a community and individuals and the places where we live, where we work, where we learn, where we um, hang out, we become a presence of renewal. We become a, a kind of a, like a little glimpse of what it looks like when God is at work in, in this world. And um, so what is that posture then? I want to look at um, a scripture together. Um, I want to look at Luke 5. You can actually go through, I did this this week, um, the Gospels, and just look at the postures that people take towards Jesus when stuff happens, when um, like he praises them. You see the same stuff in all of them. But I want to kind of zone on this because you see it really clearly. So this is Jesus calling his first disciples. It'll be on the screen. Do grab a Bible um, if you've brought one or uh, read on your phone if you you want to. So, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding round him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up, to, up on shore, left everything, and followed him. What's the posture of apprenticeship to Jesus? I think we see three things in, 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 this, in this narrative. The, the first is this it, the first thing that characterizes the posture of apprenticeship to Jesus is openness. And so we've got Jesus here, and um, he spent some time teaching. And uh, he's met these these fishermen. And they've had a bad night. You know, these are experienced fishermen. They're people who know what they're doing. They go out, they do it all the time. They've been out all night. They've caught nothing. And here you have Jesus, the carpenter rabbi, uh, who who comes along and and he says to them, put your boats out a little from shore. And then he says, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now I suspect most of us would be like have a laugh. Like what do you even know? You're a rabbi, carpenter. What do you know about fishermen could be written on a postage stamp. I am simply not interested. We've already been out all night. I'm not going to go out again. I am tired. I would like a sleep. Like but that's not how Simon Peter responds. What does he say? So Jesus says, put out into water and let down for a catch. And, and G, uh, Simon says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But then he says, because you say so, I will let down the nets. They adopt this posture of openness towards him. Openness is, the, is, is that thing where we're kind of where we're open to, to what someone else might have to say. We're open to being wrong. We're open to being interrupted. We're open to a kind of course correction. And more than that, we're kind of expecting it. We're not thinking, well, I know what I'm doing. I've got it all sorted. No, no. Like, in fact, there's, there's an acknowledgement that maybe we haven't, even if we're perhaps a so-called expert in our field. We're actually open. And, and the posture of, a, of apprenticeship involves openness. You know, are we open to Jesus? Are we open to him telling us something that we find a bit uncomfortable about ourselves? That, you know, maybe there's a, a sort of toxic thought pattern that's going on that we've not acknowledged or a, a way of acting towards the people that's just not healthy. Like, are, are we open to God speaking to us throughout the day? Do we expect that or do we have absolutely no expectation of it? And we're kind of just closed off. We're just in our own worlds. We're not open to what God might be wanting to say. So the first thing we see is openness. The second thing I think we see is, is, is at the very least we see the, the roots of dependence. So they, they catch the fish, which is a bit of a surprise um, because they've spent the whole night fishing. In fact, they don't just catch the fish. They catch the fish to such an extent that the boats are full that they're going to sink. I've been in a lot of boats. It takes a lot for a boat to sink. These guys are like, wow. Okay, th- this guy has it. And so what happens? It says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Dependence is the posture that you, you, you kind of adopt when you realize that what you don't have. When you realize that you lack something and, and you have to find it somewhere else or in someone else. You know, if you get lost... You adopt a posture of dependence. You, you, know, you grab your phone and you look on Google or you ask someone because you recognise, I do not have the answers anymore. I do not have what it takes. I do not have the solutions. I need the solutions from somewhere else. The posture of apprenticeship to Jesus is always characterised throughout the Gospels by dependence. It's this acknowledgement that we don't have it, but Jesus does. This, this, this kind of felt Need for him, this, this acknowledgement, not just conceptually, because that's easy, but in, in a kind of you know, visceral way that we realize that without Jesus, we really are lost. Without Jesus, we can't actually thrive in life as he has created us. Without Jesus, we can't be transformed and we can't transform this world. We need him. And therefore, we need to adopt a posture that is dependent on him, because if we just try and do it on our own, we, we don't get very far. And more than that, not only do we not go very far, we, we just see inevitably quite dull results. You know, there is a difference when we gather together and when we depend on Jesus and we kind of say, we need you, God, and we posture ourselves in that place as to what we see, as to when we gather together and we turn up and we're kind of of all right. I mean, it'd be nice if God turned up, but it's not a necessity. Life's fine. You know, there's a massive difference when we're kind of doing our working life, if we're dependent on Jesus and kind of inviting him into that as to how we inhabit that space, there's a massive difference as to, you know, when we're doing an outreach event as a whole church, and we're dependent on Jesus rather than just dependent on our own competence as to the kind of results you see, because there are so much that we cannot do, that cannot happen without him, that can only happen when we, we posture ourselves on our knees in a place that says, you know, we're just simple people who just get lost and get it wrong and make a bit of a mess of it. We need you. We need you to guide us. We need you to empower us. We need you to lead the way. Without us, without you, we're lost. The posture of dependence. The third thing we see um, that characterises, I think, the posture of apprenticeship in the passage is this. So We've got dependence. We've got openness. The third thing is this. It's a lean in rather than a sit back attitude. So what happens? You know, They've, they've had this encounter with Jesus. Like He's blown their minds. Um, They've acknowledged something of who he is. Uh, What do they do? Do they sort of say, "That was so good, Jesus. Thank you. Um, We're always here. Um, Do come and let us know if there's anything you want us to do, or you know, like come and grab us." No, what they do is, is, is it says they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. It's this posture of like lean in, not sit back. It's not, it's not a posture of kind of, oh, well, you know, if, if God comes and slaps me around the face, then I, I, I'm, I might do something. It's, it's not a posture of, oh, well, if you, if you shout loud enough, Jesus, I might just catch it. It's a posture of, I, I'm straining to hear what you want to say to me. I, I'm looking for where you want to lead me. I'm following you. I'm going where you go. I'm leaving anything that might distract me in that behind. And I'm going where you go. I'm, I'm leaning in. That's the posture. It's so easy, though, isn't it, to take a sit-back posture. To take a posture in life that's that's kind of oh well you know if God comes and bothers me in a way that I can't avoid fine but but otherwise I'm kind of just crashing on with life rather than coming to Him and being God what do you want for me where are you leading like leaning in looking you know when when we gather together as a as a a community there's you know what's the difference between lean back and um, sit back and and lean in well it's that difference between when we're sort of saying hey I want to I want what you've got for us, God, as a church this morning. You know, when we come to worship, we're not sort of waiting for a song that we like to give him our all in worship. We're just giving it because he's worthy. You know, when worship, like, you know, in song, becomes about kind of liking the music, it's not worship is It's entertainment. And, and, and so a lean-in is a kind of, hey, we're going for it. You know, the person preaching my word, Will's preaching today, and it, it's really boring. And he's spoken, I think, for already 20 minutes. And I'm not sure when it's going to end. I'm a bit nervous. Like, you know, and, and, and kind of, if he says something vaguely interesting to kind of grab me and make me sit up from my seat, well, well then I'll tune in. But otherwise, gosh, I've, I feel like I've heard it before. So or well, the opposite is a lean-in when we're saying, goodness me, the preach this morning is dull, but I'm sure that Jesus is going to have something to say through it to me and so I'm going, to, I'm going to look for it like I'm kind of panning panning for gold <coughs> like I'm panning for gold and that's the posture that I think God is inviting us into as individuals and as a church to be open that, that in our lives and when we gather together we're, we're seeking to, to have a posture that says what's God up to because we might not have caught that yet that we're seeking to adopt a posture of dependence where we're saying, we cannot do this on our own. If we do stuff on our own, it's boring um, and it's ineffective. We need you, Jesus. And we're, we're actively kind of posturing ourselves in such a way that recognises that, recognizes that and, and, and seeks it. That we're, we're leaning in. We're not just kind of allowing God to maybe disturb us if he so desires. We're looking for where he is and seeking to follow. We're leaning in. I want to, um, before I say a bit about how we might do this, just kind of name some, I guess, postures that I think we can fall into. (coughs) Sorry, my throat has got a dreadful tickle. Um, Because my sense is this. Our spiritual posture is a bit like one of those office chairs, that when you sit on it, it leans back, but it keeps pushing you forward. You know the ones that, for some reason, the locking mechanisms bust? And 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 you lean, you sit on it, and just constantly, you're just going like this the whole time. It doesn't stay static. Our spiritual postures, like in our friendship to Jesus, they don't stay static. We kind of, you know, slowly kind of edge edge back. And so, I, I think one of the things that's really important is if we can't name the posture we're currently inhabiting, it's a lot harder to think about how we might move to the kind of posture that Jesus is inviting us into. <coughs> so. Um, I'm going to name a few. This isn't exhaustive. And the idea of this isn't kind of like condemnation, but it's just kind of clarity. Um, We can all fall into all of these probably at different points, and there's probably more. But hopefully they'll just help us name something of where we might be right now. So the first one I'm going to call distracted commitment. So this posture, my word, I fall into this one too easily, but is is one where we're committed to Jesus. We want to grow in him. We want to kind of live life in him. um, But life's quite busy things are quite hectic. You know, we've got the kids to take to 50 different activities and um, we've got you know, work, which is really taking up a lot of our time and going on late. And <coughs> and, um, you know, and when we're not at work, like you know, we're, we're on the phone doing our emails or maybe checking social media or the news or something, there's always something that our head is in. And, and when your head's always in something else, the, the, the issue is this, is it's very difficult to be open to someone. It's very difficult to be open to Jesus. Like, I find um, in my marriage with Katie, like, too often my, my head is in something. I'm thinking about something, or I'm doing something, or I'm doing a job, my head, and she'll say something to me, and I'll hear it, but I won't take it in. Does that make sense? It audibly registers, but I don't really take it in. And then she's like, are you listening? I'm like, yeah, which is sort of half true. Uh, and, uh, and she's like, you're not listening. Your head's somewhere else. And the thing is, when our head is always somewhere else, it's impossible to be open to God. It's impossible to be open to God because our head is always in a different space and it's full. Distracted commitment. The second one is what I'm going to call um, intellectual overfocus. So, this is when our kind of apprenticeship to Jesus just becomes a kind of exercise of, of learning and study. And, and, and we confuse spiritual growth with that kind of exhilarating feeling of learning a new piece of information. And so someone gives a, a really good sermon and there's something interesting about the Bible or about Jesus in it that we didn't know. And we're like, oh, that's really exciting. I didn't know that before. Um, or, or maybe we read a book and it's a, a book about Jesus and we're reading it. Oh, so good. Really well written. Didn't know this about Jesus. And, and it, it feels kind of <coughs> exhilarating because... We're learning things, but we confuse learning with spiritual transformation. Never to be learning is part of that equation, but learning isn't all of it. When we reduce following Jesus to million intellectual exercise, what, what happens is that we, we don't become open and we, 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 we don't tend to be dependent. Why? Because you can learn without God. You know, we can open a book and read it and study things and learn some things about Jesus without any need for him. You can learn that stuff, and, but, but what we really want to do is we don't just want to learn it. We want to allow him to speak it into our hearts and to transform us with it. And that requires a slightly different posture. It requires something that we cannot simply do by ourselves. It's, it requires something we cannot simply do by hard work and effort and intellectual kind of rigor. It requires an openness to him. That as we're reading that book, that we're going... God, what are you saying to me as we're doing this? And, and it requires an openness for him to convict us and encourage us and challenge us and change us. And an openness to then say, well, okay, well, I need you to, to, to kind of bed this into my life because I can't simply do it by force of will. Um, third one is what I'm going to call um, self-assured maturity. Self-assured maturity. So this is the kind of posture where we sort of say, oh, I, I'm, I'm spiritually mature. And it's not that we th- kind of think we're perfect, but it's almost we're kind of, we're not far off. You know, no one ever says they're perfect, but, you know, we've got to talk about generosity or something, and we're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not bad at that. You know, I'm sure I could be better, but I'm not bad. Or, or patient, oh, I'm, I'm all right, I'm reasonably patient, I'm fairly loving, I'm fairly kind. And, and, and the problem with this kind of a posture is that it, it doesn't have any dependence on God. And the reason it doesn't have any dependence on God <coughs> is because there's no felt need for growth. If, if you don't feel like you need to grow in Jesus, if you kind of feel like you're pretty much all right, if you don't have that sense of, gosh, I'm stuffed and I'm lost without you and I'm a bit of a mess, Jesus, then you won't seek him you won't be dependent on him, and you probably won't experience much transformation in him because it requires that posture of dependence. We want to be like Paul, where, you know, in, it, Paul, like, let's be honest, he's a titan. You know, in, in Philippians 3, he says, you know, not that I've already obtained all this or arrived at the goal. That like, we've never reached the goal. We've never obtained it. We want to adopt a posture of dependence, of saying, we're not there yet. Two more. Um... Fourth posture, um, one of self-pity. Life can be really hard, can't it? Um, Things hit us, they knock us off course, and and there's all sorts of responses to that. And and one I know I've fallen into at times is is the one of self-pity, where stuff's rubbish, but we just kind of look within. We just kind of look within our pain and, and, and we just stay there. And the problem is, that's a completely natural human response. But the problem when we stay there is whilst we kind of recognize we need God because stuff's rubbish, we're not very open to him because our head is just in ourselves. And we need to kind of look up to Jesus to kind of see, oh, hold on a minute, there's, a, there's another perspective here. There's, there's another voice coming here. Last posture um, is, is what I'm going to call being emotionally tidal, like the sea. Um, this posture is kind of one where our apprenticeship to Jesus kind of rises and falls on how we're feeling in any given moment. So if we're feeling really up for it with God and we're feeling quite excited about him and good in life, um, we're, really, we're leaning in, we're there, we're, we're pressing into him, but then there's other times where it's just a bit more like, oh. and, and, and it kind of really drops off and we almost become kind of functional um, atheists in those periods. Um, the problem with you know, being emotionally tidal, of course, is it, it's a posture of passivity. It allows us to kind of be swayed with, 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 the, with the kind of coming of, of the tides rather than kind of saying, setting the, the pace ourselves. So I wonder if any of those you can relate to in any way, shape, or form. I wonder if any of those kind of resonate as to kind of where you're at right now. And the posture that we want, and the posture I think Jesus is inviting us into as individuals and as a church this year, is that of a openness, dependence, and lean in, not sit back. I wonder how and why and where in our lives that might not characterize our posture right now. And so how do we shift that? I think there's three just fairly simple keys. The first is prayer. If it doesn't start in prayer, it's never going to be a posture of dependence or openness, right? It's got to start in prayer. And it's got to start in prayer that says, God, um, show me. Show me where I am. Show me um, and and help me to, to go where you want me to go. Show me, Help me to posture my life differently towards you. Um, the, the second thing I think we need is we need to be able to name where we are. And we do that in conversation with Jesus in prayer. And if you can't name where you are, it's very difficult to even know whether you're on the right lines or not or know where you should be going. So we need to be able to name where we are, what posture we are adopting at present. And lastly, you will probably need some kind of a practice, something that you practically do differently in your life to kind of shift you and open you to what God might be wanting to do in you. If everything stays the same, the odds are your posture will remain the same. If you do something differently, it just kind of opens you up to what God might be doing. So for example, you know, if, if your posture at the moment is that of distracted commitment, probably something like a practice of silence and solitude you know, a practice where you literally carve time out, you know, five minutes out just to be with Jesus. No agenda, no to-do list, just to be with him um, is probably something you're going to need. You know, similarly, if you, you know, if you fall into kind of an intellectual over-focus, you probably need some kind of contemplative practice. Maybe like silence and solitude where you're not trying to do something that you can achieve on your own. You're just doing something that you can only do with God, just kind of sitting there and just being with him. You know, maybe if it's self-assured maturity, for example. Maybe something like the practice of confession is one that will be useful for you. A practice that kind of helps God show you, you know, where actually you are kind of walking apart from him and where you need him and kind of develop that felt need. You know, if it's self-pity, then probably you know, you're looking within. You probably need something like the practice of worship that kind of lifts us up to God and helps us to focus on, on him and look, look to who he is. You know, if you're emotionally tidal, probably something like a, um, a practice of a rule of life, a kind of you know, plan for how you're going to track with Jesus and live life in him so that it holds you when you're feeling great and when you're kind of not feeling so good. But you'll need some kind of a practice. So prayer, name what you are, and some kind of a practice. But I think the key is this. Are we willing to posture ourselves differently? Are we willing to posture ourselves in openness? dependence, and leaning in, not sitting back. Because every time, and and have a look through the Gospels later, it's all over, every time people do that with Jesus, stuff happens, their lives are transformed, the the people around them's lives are transformed, things change, because things change when you're open to God, dependent on him, and, and leaning in to try and see what he's doing. Should we pray? I wonder if we might stand, actually. Let's stand together. If you're able. If you're not, don't worry. Let's just invite God to to come now. Let's just begin this exercise and just invite him to speak to us. And to show us where, um, where we're kind of posturing ourselves differently from that. Lord God, I just pray that you would come and that you would meet with us right now and that you would speak to us and that you would show us um, how we're postured and and help us to posture ourselves in openness, dependence and leaning into you, I pray. Come, Holy Spirit. let's Let's just wait for him.